A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swift Dish. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley. And we are on episode 42 of season two of uh, Swift Dish. And uh, we're, hey. I guess, halfway through folklore. Yeah. Even more than that. So no. just to do a little Taylor Swift math. So we're on the eighth yeah. album. This is our 42nd episode in season two. And four plus two plus two is eight. So there you go. <laughs> I just there did that in go. my head right yeah. now. We did this on purpose. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it'll, it's good. We we found our groove, I feel like, mm-hmm. and we're just pushing through this album. It's been so fun Hard. to unpack. I know. It's so interesting that when Taylor was giving us so much more last era, lover era, that we only got to the eighth track. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so interesting because Taylor's not giving us a lot. But we are just going through. I guess maybe quarantine. We have nothing to do. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> so strange. Less is going on. More I don't time. Know. <laughs> oh. Well, it's just because we like folklore more, right? Oh, is that it? Right. Or- right. <laughs> <laughs> We're more motivated. <laughs> yeah. No hate to, to love her. But. No. No. No hate to love her at all. Well, I just... Okay. Sidetrack. I'm sitting in the room with my dog. Who has some? He was attacked by a dog, another dog last Aww. week. So sad. Timo, every he's like a magnet. Anyways, <laughs> he's on medication and it's making him really gassy. So he is <laughs> hot boxing me in this room. So I am like, if you if you, you hear me take Taylor. right, if you hear me take a deep breath, it's because I've been holding my breath <laughs> because I don't want to smell this. Anyways, that I know that's sidetracked. But I know it's important well, to give our listeners some, you know, visualization exercises mm-hmm. to really put themselves in our shoes and to, I know. and to be here with us in these Envision rooms. Being a podcaster <laughs> with a dog farting yeah. next to you. He's, yeah, it's a good thing he's cute. <laughs> live in the dream. So, speaking of dreams and nightmares, Halloween's coming mm-hmm. up. And I was wondering, what are you being for Halloween? Are you dressing up or you're just laying low? I'm not doing nothing. Nothing. You're joking? There's nothing going on. I mean, to, I've never been like a big Halloween person. Mm-hmm. And um, and add to that the fact that there's like no party to go to. It's like, what would I dress up for, you know? Okay. I, I agree. But if you <laughs> did want to dress up, I want to help you choose what you would be. And this is all based <laughs> off of your Taylor Swift playlist. And I'm going to tell you, so we're going to build a Taylor Swift playlist and we're going to get your ideal Halloween costume. Oh, okay, perfect. This is a BuzzFeed quiz. And I actually liked it. Sometimes BuzzFeed has like really weird like (laughs) Taylor Swift quizzes. So we're going to start off. Choose a bop to get the party started. Shake it off. Bad blood. Starlight. I knew you were trouble. Um, It has to be shake it off, obviously. Okay. Perfect. Next one, pick Do a song. Do we call Starlight a bop, by the way? Is I mean, that... the, the person <laughs> does. their own. Yeah. Kristen Harris thinks it's a bop. Okay. Well, it's fine. So, I'm sure some yeah. people get hyped to it, but we'll do know. Shake It Off. <laughs> <laughs> Only one. Pick a song to dance to. <laughs> Me, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, Paper Rings, <laughs> and Look What You Made Me Do. Oh, Look What You Made Me Do, hands down. 
You know what my choice would be, though? Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. To dance to. Interesting. Oh, no. You want to know what? I was actually getting that wrong. I was thinking um, King of My Heart. (laughs) Prince like, you know what? No. Yeah. No. (laughs) It's a fun one. I mean, it is like a a head head banger. I was like, wait. -uh." Okay. So (laughs) slow things down. Haunted, the lakes, everything has changed, and wildest dreams. Wildest dreams. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like pure pop Taylor right now. <laughs> right? Choose a song that tells a story. The Last Great American Dynasty, Cornelia Street, You Belong With Me, I Did Something Bad. Mm, those ones are hard. I think You Belong With Me. Okay. A classic. There you go. Pick a folklore track. Invisible String, Mad Woman, Betty, or Cardigan? Uh, Betty. Betty, 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 Betty. <laughs> and choose one from 1989. How You Get the Girl, Blank Space, I Know Places and Style. I guess I Know Places. <laughs> okay. You're, uh, I don't know. I Know Places. Add a throwback track. The Lucky One, Stay, 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 The Outside Superstar. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Real throwbacks. What were the first two? The lucky one and stay, stay, stay. You know what? I I'm a sucker for stay, stay, stay. Me it's too. Cheesy and I like it. It is. <laughs> I won't apologize. <laughs> I like it too. Out of all of those, that's the one I chose too. Okay. Yeah. The last question. In this, end with this song. You'll keep on repeat. We are never ever getting back together. Peace, Classic. London boy, and delicate. Oh, we are never, ever getting back to Yeah. Together. I mean, hello. No question. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a really easy outfit for you. So you got – you sh- for Halloween, all you need to do is put on some glasses, cut some bangs, and you need to be <laughs> Jess from New Girl. Get like a – Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Just you know the- – you yeah, know that I your quirks that. are your strengths, Shelby. Pair big frame gla- <laughs> glasses with the kind of outfit a kindergarten teacher might wear. If you're feeling bold, use this costume as an excuse to finally get bangs. There you go. You've, ha- you've had I'm bangs, I'm not mad too. about that. No. Yeah. I, I, can, I can see myself as a Jess figure, so. Yeah. Who did you there get? You go. What was your I got costume? Spice Girls. But oh, nice. I know. I was like, yay, baby spice. But I also was not – I accidentally picked uh, Miss Americana Heartbreak Prince because I was thinking Prince King. <laughs> and I it was like really early so in the perfect. morning, super early, and I clicked it. So maybe that would change something, but Spice Girls That's a good all the way. Too. Are you doing anything for Halloween? Um, no. You know, we're coming back this ne- next weekend, and we're just going to chill. I mean yeah. – I don't know if I'll get trick-or-treaters. That'll be a little bit weird. I might have a friend come over and we might have Thai food or Indian food. I don't know. I don't know. Just sleep and relax. Clean it up. What more? Well, at least you'll get to see all your signed CDs. And um, the news today was that Capital One cardholders who purchased the blanket, which you did, Mm -hmm. also received a signed CD in their little bundle. So hold on. (laughs) So, you guys, so I have a friend who's watching my place, so no one can go and, like, do anything. So, yes, I ordered two. So, one for our giveaway and one for me because I wanted one. And they got delivered yesterday and today. And I, Mm. oh, look at that, a signed CD. I have 
two more. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's in everyone, but maybe it was randomized. Twitter seemed divided because someone like DM'd Capital One and was like, is this guaranteed for everyone? (laughs) Well, and they replied and were like, yeah, it should be in the package. Okay, well, I have two, so maybe we'll see if it's like half and half. So that's a good, yeah. like, a good selection of them. That's exciting. I didn't know that. I know. Um, Taylor's also been putting the, for some people who are getting their merch this week, vote, a little yes. postcards that say vote. And I got a lot of Taylor Swift merch this week. I got um, my, I got the Eris sweatshirt to go with oh. my little voodoo dolls that I'm, yes. I'm getting made. And then I got, I think I got maybe three other things, the two blankets, and I think one other thing. But Christmas I don't know. Christmas came early. Christmas came <laughs> early. But, you know, I'm so far away. So I don't even remember what. It, the thing is, is that I ordered this back in like three months ago. Oh, yeah. People and so have I, been pissed about it. I have no idea when anything is coming at yeah. all. And now that I'm out of town, that's when everything decides to come. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I know. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Well, one other thing, well, how it goes is I always report wrong information. And I want to <laughs> let people know that. So I don't know how I got this idea, but I had thought, and I said last week, that Taylor was going to perform on the BBMA Awards last week. Yes. Or, but she didn't. And she also didn't win any awards and if she did win some awards she'd be like making history she didn't win anything but one thing i can report on and it is accurate is that (laughs) taylor will be giving an award presenting an award at cmt awards on wednesday that is accurate and if it's not and she backs out last minute do not blame me that's Maybe she's focusing on this like country market, knowing she's going to re-record her old albums Mm. and it'll be like the country resurgence. That's true. Uh, (laughs) Or maybe she's just pissed at the BBMAs for not not giving her a win. So why should she show up to their party? Well, everyone who won, if you were a winner, you were you were there but if you didn't win anything you weren't allowed yeah. to go so, yeah. but i don't know how i got it that i thought she was supposed to perform just I mean, a dream I don't passing know. hope it must have been a dream <laughs> but that didn't happen that did not happen <laughs> too Ugh. bad i know too bad so sad but that but yeah it's been a pretty me. yeah it's been a pretty quiet week on the taylor front i mean mm-hmm. i think she's she donated her guitar from the acm awards performance to uh, auction that'll be benefiting like COVID, a COVID response fund. So mm. that's something she did. But other than that, it's been very quiet. Uh, you can obviously vote for her in a bunch of different categories for mm-hmm. People's Choice Awards. That's a thing yeah. I've never participated in. But well, you should doing that. <laughs> go visit. Go vote. Go vote. Yeah. Um, well, I I went and I did the real vote and I I voted early in the Texas election, so that that counted. Yes. That's what Taylor really wanted from me, and that's what I'm going to be doing soon. And interesting enough, so Demi Lovato just dropped her. I think it's um, oh, like Chief Commander in Chief. Yeah, Commander in Chief, mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting music video. Like they're they're like what looks like Americans, you know, average American kind of like singing along to her lyrics but what I what I was interested in picking your brain on was she was in an article talking about activism and talking about you know her music video and she did mention Taylor and she said of Taylor's activism because you know people have been like 
upset because Taylor didn't say anything and then, then just wanted Taylor to shut up and just sing and not, you know, voice her opinion. Mm. And she said about Demi was your Demi, Demi said about Taylor was you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I kind of, I laughed at that a little bit because I'm remembering back when Taylor was, was, you know, supporting Kesha, you know, doing some like some actions to support feminism and Demi called her out saying that she wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, and Demi said that like, you know, um, if you're going to be, you know, active and you're going to be like voicing your opinion, just don't do it in a tweet, you know, go out and do something, go out and act. And it's so interesting that, you know, a few years later, Demi's Demi kind of realizes like, well, she's damned if she does it and she's damned if she does like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was interesting. I don't know if like if you read that or if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, bless her heart. I mm-hmm. <laughs> Demi Lovato is a is a character and yeah. can sometimes step in it. But also Taylor's been known to step in it. So who are we yeah. to judge? Um, know. Demi is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it speaks to the fact that hopefully Demi Lovato has grown too and is sort of embracing that there is nuance and uh, not everything is as black and white as tweeting that someone should be doing exactly what you think they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what? it's, it's great, but it was interesting in the quote how much she focused on how on Taylor, Taylor. Yeah. was the perfect example of not doing anything for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do anything for years, you guys. And like forever, she didn't do anything. No. And then she's finally like, and now she is. And that's great. And so it's sort of like, it, well. It's kind okay. of like that Mean Girls <laughs> thing when, you know, Regina was like, oh my gosh, I love your skirt. And then like turned around to somebody else and said, that's a thinning fugly and it was just kind of like a backhanded compliment you know like oh you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't like now she's doing it it's it's very interesting to think of i don't know demi and you know she's just (laughs) saying all those mean words but But i'm glad yeah i think everyone should feel empowered to have their voice however they want to use it and um both of these artists are doing that in Mm -hmm. in their different ways so (laughs) Hey, at least they're trying, right? <laughs> yes, yes. This is them both trying. Um, which is a perfect segue into our right. song of the week. Um, we're talking about track nine, This Is Me Trying, which is another one with Jack Antonoff. Um, and people talk a lot about track five and like the iconicness of that. And Taylor herself has acknowledged it. But I've got to say, track nine has always been some of my favorites. Um, you have obviously love story probably her most iconic mm-hmm. song enchanted wildest dreams getaway car cornelia street does she plan it in the same way that she now does track five maybe not i mean you throw a stone and you hit a good taylor swift song so right it's like hard to say but i will say um I've spoken about how this song has grown on me and I just like really enjoy it and I really, really love it. And I think it's some of her strongest writing and one of her more interesting, nuanced uh, themes on this album. So I'm excited to break it down. How have you been feeling about this track? Um, It's very, I, I feel like every week that we review a song, that song is stuck in my head. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's this week and I'm like, 
peeing on the toilet and I'm like, this is me trying. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Or like my dog will be outside playing and I'll like they can't get a stick. I'm like, oh, that is you trying. Like I'm I'm like fitting it into my daily life. I really like it. Um it's very relatable, especially in the time mm. and the age that we're living. Mm. And it can fit so many different aspects of your life. I like yeah. it. It's that like calm, I just need to chill out kind of song and just yeah. think and uh, maybe if you want to be sad and cry you can do that too <laughs> <laughs> well I think Taylor's in that camp because she put this on the sleepless nights chapter oh, whatever yeah. that means <laughs> I don't know um, it's along with exile hoax my tears ricochet illicit affairs and mad woman so definitely like thematically those mm-hmm. are pretty sad kind of heavy um somber uh Songs thought-provoking and, songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because some of them some of them are seen as sort of as pretty fictional others are seen as pretty personal like mm-hmm. my tears ricochet and mad woman are some of the ones that people think are very explicitly about taylor personally and so this is me trying is sort of one of those that seems to fit in this nebulous field where people are split on whether it's autobiographical and if it is, if it's about a lover, if it's about her fans, if it's about her career, or if it's fictional and it's about addiction and it's about, um, I, I don't know, a romance gone wrong or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So it's kind of all, there's kind of, like you said, a lot of different interpretations to be had. Erin um, Dessner, who didn't write the song, but you know, he's the, he's the go-to source for, um, reading on each of the tracks. He said that, um, he thinks this song relates to sort of the entire album and the theme of folklore. And he said, like, maybe I'm reading into it too much from my own perspective, but the whole album I think of as an exercise of working through these stories. And this track is connecting a lot of things. And so, that itself is a provocative um, sort of asterisk on the song. Um, how much can we trust? Like, did Taylor sit down and talk with Aaron Dessner about what he could talk about with each of these songs? I don't I know. Think so. I wonder if, like, he had to sign some kind of, like, <laughs> non-disclosure agreement that, like, right. there were some clauses saying, but you can yeah. say this. <laughs> I, I wonder. I know. Yeah, because it's sort of funny that he's become the fo- voice of the, the spokesperson album. for yeah. folklore. And Taylor's not even the spokesperson. <laughs> yeah. Taylor's like, I put this out into the world. You can talk about it, but I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. So here we are. And um, here we are. I like what he says. I think it does sort of, it is sort of interesting and it's clever that it falls sort of right in the middle where it does feel kind of like it takes all those sort of notes from the first half where you're like, Oh, this, this doesn't feel exactly like about Taylor Swift. This one does. What is this about? And kind of lets you get used to the idea that folklore isn't exactly like a reliable narrative. And, um, and so then we get a breakdown this song, which to me feels very personal to Taylor, but also feels very relatable in a very general sense to Mm -hmm. just humanity in general. (laughs) Yep, it does. And like to <laughs> maybe celebrities too in general. Yeah. Younger celebrities. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's a song that I think a lot of people have liked as far as critics go. I mean, mm-hmm. um LA Times said that 
she's utterly on point in this mournful orchestral pop song um, as she sings a rendering of regret, as sharp a rendering of regret as any we've heard from her. Teen Vogue found it to be a cinematically 80s anthem for doing the best you effing can, (laughs) which is a very relatable feeling in 2020. And, um, and the ringer called it one of the album's most luscious and intense songs, but they were in the camp that they think it's a very fictionalized, um, sort of look at a heavily romanticized failure tinged booze soaked romance. So I know it's sort of interesting. Did you fall in the camp? Like, I mean, first listen, or if your opinions change now that this is like, autobiographical or just kind of one of the fictional songs on the album so at first I don't remember if I thought it was about Taylor or not like I can't recall I should have written down all this stuff but I I do not think it's about Taylor Mm. um just reading through this kind of you know thinking how Taylor had said that she's written about people she's known people that she's Mm -hmm. heard of and then like for like when I was like reading Demi's article about this I kind of what snapped in my head was all of the young stars who mm. kind of like, I don't know, from like the – and this is just an example. It doesn't have to be about Demi or anything, but from like the Mickey Mouse clubs, right. the the young stars, Amanda Bynes, all these people who like were so ahead of the curve and just ahead of everybody. And then it just kind of like their shiny wills started getting resting and then they're trying to pick them up because they, they, they go – there's that moment where a lot of younger stars, they kind of just – stop i mean there's a saying that the moment you get really really famous that's the age you kind of like are stuck with and some of these young stars don't really um make the best decisions they kind of like go off their rails and just reading this it just kind of you know they're trying to get back to i know there are so Mm. many young stars who are trying to get back their career and so this is them trying you know they told me my cages were mental so i got wasted like my potential i don't know so many things um and my words shoot to kill when i'm mad i'm thinking of like amanda Bynes, thinking of demi lovato just like the the tweets people send out i don't know i was just kind of thinking of that like fell behind all my classmates and i ended up here i'm thinking you know all of the celebrities that Demi was with because Demi's back Mm -hmm. she's trying to you know stick stay there but every now and then she falls behind she comes to addiction and Amanda Bynes has been there too she's still trying but I know it's such an interesting thing but I just kind of thought of like young stars who don't meet their potential and then Mm -hmm. they they try to they're trying to climb back up the, the ladder and you know back to where they used to be their height of their fame and it's my take but I don't know. No, that's it could be personal. I it'll don't know. Be fun to, it'll be fun to talk about this one yeah, together. Because a I lot think. of people talk about how this is about addiction, and I thought of addiction and celebrities and just kind of fuse that all together. No, yeah, I'm, I agree. I think it's a very interesting song, and I'm excited to break it down, especially because I think we'll have different things to point out, and that just always excites me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Ashley? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. I think it speaks to, I mean, that's why we do this, right? Is it's so fun to break down Taylor's Mm -hmm. lyrics and kind of see how many different interpretations there are and what she can be saying and kind of how that, I mean, elevates her songwriting. So I can go ahead and read um, if you're ready to get started. I'm ready for it. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, verse one starts, I've been having a hard time adjusting. I had the shiniest wheels. Now they're rusting. I didn't know if you'd care if I came back. I have a lot of regrets about that. Pulled the car off the road to the lookout. Could have followed my fears all the way down. And maybe I don't quite know what to say, but I'm here in your doorway. And so um, I guess to, yeah, to give my take, I I do feel like this is a very tailor a, a tailor song in that it's sort of packed in with nuance it's like a master class in taylor swift imagery and i feel like i listen to the song and i do hear a lot of taylor swift in it mm-hmm. i think it feels kind of like a personal narrative just because of the way she she kind of like writes about these things that feel very relatable to her her journey um for instance this idea of I didn't know if you'd care if I came back is a pretty telling line where it seems like she's, you know, she's sort of reflecting on this moment, this, this huge moment in her life that we constantly go back to, which is in 2016 when she disappeared, she was sort of maligned and (laughs) thrown out onto the streets and decided to just fade away for a while and was gone for a couple of years. And even in her Miss Americana documentary, she talks about how she didn't know if she'd have any, fans anymore if she'd have anyone to come back to and I mm-hmm. I remember like during one of her acceptance speeches for like the best reputation the best tour for reputation she was like you know when I first announced this tour everyone was writing calling it a flop and it was just a miracle that any of you guys showed up for me and so I feel like that just speaks to sort of Taylor's classic insecurity which is like does she fit in like is she actually you know like does she have is she one of the cool kids? Like, has she mm-hmm. established herself enough that will people still like her no matter like X, Y, or Z? And I feel like that's been an insecurity in her relationships that she sings about, but also in like her own personal growth, which you kind of see the same theme in a song like The Archer, where she she talks a lot about how she thought she was one thing and then realizes like, oh, wait, I'm actually still struggling with this. Yeah, and I I get that. I totally – because mm-hmm. the first verse right here kind of puts you in the mindset of Taylor. You know, I didn't know if you'd care if I'd come back, mm-hmm. you know, but I, here I am. But there has to get us to a certain point where reputation was such a huge hit for her. Mm-hmm. She, like, broke records. People showed up. And then Lover, same thing. And then Folklore is so, so big. Like, there has to become a point in Taylor Swift's career where, like, she knows that, like – we're always going to show up. I can see right. reputation. I could totally vouch for that. Like she's coming back out of hiding. And I know this is probably isn't like the time. Like right now she doesn't feel like this. But I could totally see where people are coming from verse one. I think it's verse two where I was kind of like, huh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is about Taylor. Verse one, mm-hmm. definitely reading it. You're like, this can definitely be Taylor. You know, in bad blood, I had the shiniest wheels. Now they're rusted. I think there's like a lyric. Did you have to ruin what was shiny? Now it's all rusted. Like there mm-hmm. are like, there are little like Taylorisms in here. But it's just once we get to the second verse, there's just mm-hmm. so many, there are a few things that I'm like, no, like I can't. I can't right. unless this is just someone like her trapped in her head, you know, going through that depression because mm. you could be as great, you could be you could be Mother Teresa and just be like this the holiest saint ever. And if you have depression, you're not seeing what people see 
from the outside, you're like internalizing everything. Mm-hmm. And even if your life seems so great inside, you're just kind of like falling apart. So that's that could yeah. be this could be song about depression and addiction and you know, what she feels like inside, even though on the outside, everything looks like it's perfectly like together. Well, I think that's kind of what I think about too, is just like, you know, with the look we had with Miss Americana, the documentary, like there was a lot of that anxiety and insecurity. And I I totally see what you're saying where it's like, well, she has succeeded. So it's like, how much can she keep saying like, oh, do you guys like me? Mm -hmm. But that's why I like this line. Um, I pulled the car off the road to the lookout, could have followed my fears all the way down. Because it kind of like shows this picture of someone who's, you know, pulled over, they're they're reflecting, they're looking back, um, kind of, you know, thinking about her life, her career, whatever it is. And this idea that she could have followed her fears all the way down is just like sort of catastrophizing thoughts, mm-hmm. like that sort of spiraling out where you're like, oh, like I get that I got this award or I get that I had a sold out stadium, but um, look at all these little pieces I could have followed into this really dark place, mm-hmm. whether it's like people saying that rep was a flop or that me was bad or her comeback has been messy and her best work is behind her. And I think that's kind of where she's like teetering on the edge and she's like, admitting that there was a point where maybe this would have dragged her down and she would have become hyper-focused on this minute criticisms. Mm -hmm. But instead she, she kind of gives us this, this answer where she's like, yeah, but I still showed up at your doorway with this new surprise album, this new surprise sound. I don't know if it's going to work, but this is me trying. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of an interesting angle for her to take because it does kind of get old, this idea of a multi-million dollar pop star who does have these sold out stadium tours, who does have all the success and records to be like, oh, but like, am I still special to you guys? Yeah, yeah. But I think there's something internal about that that she's kind of unpacking here in a more nuanced way than she did with like The Archer or something like that. Do you think that there's going to become a point where people are just kind of annoyed at if she continues <laughs> playing this this narrative because yeah. it's really hard as people who are not celebrities to be like yes I understand you have some struggles but compared to like the average Joe right. you know they would love to be in your footsteps no for sure I hear that yeah I think it is kind of it's a delicate I think that's, dance yeah and I think that's like that's why I like to either look at it from a like a mindset of like someone going through addiction or going through like a Mm -hmm. hard time or trying to they they reach this success and they actually have fallen from it because you had taylor in 2016 where she could have fallen from it she could have nosedived like all these other people like and so i just wonder like maybe if she's looking at at her life maybe in a different way of like what if she did nosedive and Mm. now she's trying to get back her career like maybe Mm -hmm. that's a potential she could have seen what could have been and this is what she would have I don't know because you know Miss Americana was filmed around the reputation time where she was still going through everything and she was coming back and she was questioning stuff so I just I am interested in seeing how her other albums will sound like in the future Mm -hmm. like will she always have this looking back at that 
that dark moment in her life, which mm-hmm. we all do, but sometimes it's good to look forward and not look right. backward. But yeah. Yeah. And so then she goes into, I mean, the chorus, which so is short. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. And, um, and then we can go into the second verse. Uh, Cause there's a lot to unpack there where she says, they told me all of my cages were mental, so I got wasted like all my potential. And my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. I was so ahead of the curve that the curve became a sphere, fell behind all my classmates, and I ended up here, pouring out my heart to a stranger, but I didn't pour the whiskey. I mean, when it says pouring out my heart to a stranger, you think she is talking to a bartender. you just kind of like pouring out everything in her soul, getting drunk. That's what I imagine. You know, when you have those, when you have, yeah, I I mean, that's what kind of goes through my mind because when you, a lot of people see bartenders as like therapists because you just Mm -hmm. get drunk and just tell them your whole soul and they're portrayed in media as people who are like talking right. and that they know everything because mm-hmm. they've talked to so many people from so di- so many different instances and i cannot imagine taylor swift <laughs> pouring her heart out to a stranger at a bar especially since we know she doesn't go to therapy so i'm just kind of like ah, mm, mm. But someone who's like i don't know Oh. No, that's interesting. To me, I did hear it as exactly like she was talking to a therapist and she was, I mean, to me, it's a line where pouring out my heart to a stranger, but I didn't pour the whiskey is sort of this ideation where she's like, I could have self-medicated, but instead I'm here like talking about my feelings instead of burying them through alcohol mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I like it. I like that image. I, I can see like, like, yeah, this verse is full of things that you're sort of like, well, does this fit? Taylor um but it's folklore so it doesn't necessarily have to (laughs) fit Taylor that's what I always have to remind myself that like even if some of Taylor's feelings are in this it's folklore it's been you know either either like downplayed or overplayed Mm. there's so many things that you know yes this could fit her but she's added a little bit something into it just like how the media does into her life she's kind of doing it from a different take well and it's like I mean, we've seen her use the imagery of addiction before with clean, yeah. most notably, um, mm-hmm. where she does kind of lean into this image to paint a picture that's not exactly literal. And so here there is a bunch of imagery about about drinking, about addiction in this verse, especially mm-hmm. um, where you do have the line about I didn't pour the whiskey. You have the line um, that sort of has got- a double meaning with I got wasted mm-hmm. like all my potential. Um and it's like, yeah, I don't think Taylor's admitting to alcoholism. I mean, I don't know her life and it's yeah. not really like necessary to speculate, but it does feel like it's a clever image that she kind of pairs with this. I, I don't know. It, it's sort of, this is like a standout verse. A lot of people reference this, like mm-hmm. this idea of they told me all my cages were mental. So I got wasted, like all my potential. And it's been interesting, like reading people's thoughts on Twitter and on Reddit and um, Tumblr where this line stands out for them. And it's always for like a different reason almost. It cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where some people read it as like, Oh, they told me all of my cages were mental as in mental. Like it's just in your head, like get over it. Like, why can't you just move on? Or mental is in like, oh, you, you know, like the British slang for crazy. Like you're just yeah. being outrageous. Like just get over yourself. Like that is insane. Why would you think that? And 
I think ultimately what she's saying is like, I like this idea of I got wasted, like all my potential, like, like wondering what you lost out on because you were so worried about like what was holding you back almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then you go on to one thing that, you know, it's like, so I got wasted, like all my potential. I was so ahead of the curve. The curve became a spear and I fell back behind my I fell mm-hmm. behind all my classmates and I ended up here. Like that doesn't really scream Taylor to me because mm. she always lives up to her potential. And the fact that she feels like she fell behind like her her uh, people, I don't, I don't know, her colleagues, I guess you would call them. I don't fellow right. artists. Like it just doesn't, even if she did take the, you know, the few years and she didn't release an album every two years, I just don't see how she fell behind everybody. If anyone, if anything, she's ahead of the curve right now. Yeah, no, I see that. I think I read it more as um as kind of like um like this imagery of of high school that she constantly goes back to mm-hmm. in her career and just this idea of I mean, I even think about when she said in Miss Americana that like famous people all stop growing the year they become famous, basically. Oh, and yeah, she's like, she said it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, someone said this. Yeah. <laughs> it was Taylor. It's like a comment. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's why I know real, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think she's acknowledging almost this obsession with her own failures. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that is a criticism she gets. It's like your problems aren't real problems, Taylor. Like, yeah. you know, you've always I'm, had a roof that's over me. your head. You've always had, yeah. You were you were calling me out right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. No. <laughs> but I think it's like she's sort of like saying, like I've built my own cage. Like I, people have been telling me this over and over, but like I got so caught up in it and like racing ahead and in convincing myself that I was bigger than the the smallest man's critic mm-hmm. criticism and she got so obsessed with chasing the minutiae of needing everyone to love her that suddenly everyone like hated her you know yeah. almost yeah. where it was like that's where the bell curve became a sphere like she just whoop, round up right back in the, at the beginning where she's like oh wait I did have a bunch of love and like people in my court and fans and whatever mm-hmm. it was and then I was so preoccupied with like proving I was a cool kid, proving I could sit with the cool girls at the lunch table, proving that I could sing, proving that I could dance, proving these things that one little critic had said throughout my career that I became obsessed with. And now in the end, more people don't like me than what I originally started with, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't think is necessarily factually accurate because she still does have tons of fans and still does sell tons of albums and whatever it is but Mm -hmm. there is a change in the way taylor is talked about from looking at fearless to looking at um lover or folklore where a lot of people are talking about where she came from instead of where she's going there's sort of this past Mm -hmm. tense Oh, because she's getting older like yeah. she says in the, um, Miss Americana you know yeah. <laughs> they don't want to see you when you're older they just want you young shiny and bright exactly. and, and you know just doing what they want to do um, one thing that I that a lot of people were talking about especially with verse 2 and we had mentioned it was like the addiction you know a lot of people fall mm. into addiction because of the cages in their head you know yeah. they're, they're stuck in their head it's um, sometimes it's even mental illness. And so they revert to 
alcohol and to drugs to kind of calm their storms. And so this verse, if it is about addiction, you know, um, they revert to these, you know, to substances and they get wasted. They, they had all this potential, but because of the mental cages in their head, you know, they're, they're doing things that they necessarily wouldn't do. Sometimes when addicts uh, mm-hmm. are high or drunk, you know, my words shoot to to kill when I'm mad. They say things, they do things that they can never take back. And even if they're going places because of this addiction they're working through, um, it puts them back. And so people, you know, are succeeding over them. And then they either end up, like you said, in therapy because they're going to rehab and they're not pouring out, they're not pouring out the whiskey because they're trying to put them, mm. ba- put it back. Kind of like, this is, this is me trying. I'm trying to, I'm going to rehab. I'm trying to get better. And then another one is, Another way to look at it, too, is I'm trying, but I ended up at a bar and they're pouring mm. one out and we're talking about all of my my struggles to a complete stranger. So there's I know a lot of people are looking at it in that viewpoint. Yeah. And, I, and I like that this song, you know, one of I read an article or a review about how, saying, saying how relatable it is, whether mm. or not it is about Taylor or it's about addiction or it's about celebrities like it's just like a, a very Taylor-esque song. She can yeah. write to to the masses and someone who I've never met in my life in a different circumstance is going to relate to it on a different level, but we'll still relate it to, to it together. And that's the magic of Taylor Swift songs. That's why mm. it brings people together is a passion over it. Yeah. But this is me and trying really, to yeah. do this. <laughs> I like it. I um I also really like how she mirrors this line. I have a lot of regrets about that where mm-hmm. in the first verse it's about not knowing if someone would care if she'd come back and here it's about letting her anger drive her mm-hmm. her pen sometimes. And I think that is like a really like that stood out to me on first listen. I was like, "Oh, I have regrets too." You know, it's like <laughs> It's such a simple line, but the way she sings it, the way she reemphasizes it, the way it's about two totally different things. And she's she's just admitting that there's like a lot of there's a lot in here that reminds me of like therapy I've gone to and like my mm-hmm. therapy sessions where you're asked to sort of reflect and and kind of unpack and and allow things to be instead of instead of wallowing in it or kind of um losing yourself into mm-hmm. it, spiraling out over it. And I think that line itself is just something that's like, it's sort of a moment in the verse where she catches her breath and she's like, you know, I do have regrets about that. And that's just a fact I have to live with, but like, let's move forward and like, let's continue yeah. this, this unpacking. And I know within, and I mean, Taylor can be, you know, making amends, but this song is very much, even though she doesn't say I'm sorry to anything, yeah. it's like, you know, I want to know, I want you to know that, that this is me trying. I have regrets. And yeah. I know within like the recovery process, because she's still, like, it sounds like she's still recovering from her fallout and reputation. And when someone's mm-hmm. recovering from, you know, addiction, there's that step where you make amends. And so this kind of feels like that step in, in you know, recovering from something. Like she's yeah. trying to say sorry for what has happened, what she said, what's yeah. been done. Because the chorus itself is kind of plaintive and it's really simple. It's mm-hmm. just, I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. At least I'm trying. And mm-hmm. that like breathy sort of, at least I'm trying, just kills me. It's like she's just, and this is relatable too. It's like this feeling where you're just begging for someone, something to give you a break because like, yes, I've made mistakes. Yes. This is dumb of me. Yes. This is like complicated, but I'm trying, you know, and it's just such a plaintive, Mm -hmm. 
a reg- regret, like a plaintive request that's just wrapped up in exhaustion and insecurity and just and just hoping to be <laughs> given credit where credit is due almost. Yeah. And it leads into this bridge um, <clears throat> where she says, and it's hard to be at a party when I feel like an open wound. It's hard to be anywhere these days when all I want is you. You're a flashback in a film reel on the one screen in my town. And I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. And um, I love this bridge. I think it, it she packs in like such a beautiful, powerful, like Taylor image, which is this idea of your flashback and a film reel on the one screen in my town. And I think that just speaks to the obsession she's feeling. And I feel like to me, when I hear this, I hear her like talking to herself almost where she's. And it's sort of another therapy move, right? Where we're constantly, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been to therapy, to people listening. I've been to but, therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, like, grew I've up been in therapy. To, like, yeah. <laughs> I've been I still asked need to it. write letters to myself. I've been mm-hmm. asked to like process my feelings and like, and speak to my past self, speak to my future self. And it feels like that's the you she's singing to here where she's mm-hmm. like, man, it's hard to move on to like be celebrated again when I remember how temporary it all felt. It's hard to be stuck in this limbo where all I want is to progress my like comeback. And I had all these visions of Loverfest and Lover Tour and whatever it is. But now, now I'm like stuck in this weird 2020 hellscape. And like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then just this idea of her life being this series of vignettes of choices and regrets that are all just like, forever <laughs> entombed in these songs that she's put out and constantly re-sings and rehashes where it's like she's forced almost to obsess over this one you know film reel this one career this one screen in her own mind and she's just like yeah. telling herself like you can feel the panic as she's like oh like this is all I've thought about my whole life I've been faced with myself and my insecurities and my you know, my dreams and whatever it is. And it's like, this is everything. And then she kind of like takes the breath and and drifts back into the chorus of like, at least this is me trying. Yeah. And it doesn't help that, you know, she's always going to be reminded of her mistakes. You know, when I'm, when I'm Googling Taylor, I'm looking at the Google alerts I get, there's (laughs) always some article that references the old Taylor or like a look through Taylor Swift's career or the relationship timeline of so-and-so or uh, a look at Taylor Swift's um, lovers and the ones she lost from Joe Jonas to (laughs) Joe Alwyn. So there's always the flashback of, you know, the the reels and her life and her mistakes always in front of her. And she's like, this is me trying. Come on, people. Yeah. Um, Another way to look at this bridge is – through the eyes of an addict they're at a party you know it's hard when like you have when there's alcohol at a party you know it's hard to go anywhere because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're at restaurants when you're out celebrating when you're out doing these things that addiction is always going to be there it's always going to you're always going to want it. it's going to be like a mm-hmm. fifth limb something that like just lives inside of you and you just can't get away from it um i know my dad i mean he's not he's not an addict, my adopted dad, but when he was younger, he smoked and he is, when he was 19, he gave it up and Mm. he is in his fifties and he's always like, yeah, he's like, I haven't smoked forever, but sometimes I just crave it. So Mm. it's always going to be there. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be anywhere you are, you know, you're going to be driving down the street. Someone's going to be in the car smoking next to you, um, you know, or drinking on the next booth over from you. And it's going to be, you're wishing, hoping, and you just can't have it. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, for sure. I do. And I love that like image alone. And I think like this bridge speaks to me, not just because I'm like, oh, Taylor, you've had it so hard. I love hearing this from you. But Mm -hmm. because there is something so, so just like relatable about this where it's like, oh, my gosh, I feel this too. I don't want to go here. I have these days like Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed about this right now. Like, why can't I let it go? And I think that just is speaking to that, like, you know, the universality of anxiety, especially these days and especially in this year with all the stress around COVID and the election and Mm -hmm. whatever it is like, it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to go through the motions of like what you're expected to do. And all you're thinking about in the back of your mind is like this thing. And it's just Mm -hmm. playing over and over and over and over like a, you know, a movie that just won't stop. For me, this, I think, like, if we're going to talk about, like, personal-wise, like, I get anxiety and sometimes, like, I – sometimes if I'm at a party, I'm hosting something, I seem like someone who's just, like, I love being there, love being, like, Mm -hmm. hosting thing and having friends and just being kind of, like, the making – I'm not the center of the party, but making the party happen. Yeah. But there are so many moments where, like, I'm just – in my head and I don't go out and I don't socialize. We'll get somewhere and I'll be like, Lance, we have to go. I don't I don't feel comfortable because I'm so uncomfortable in my own body and just in my own personality that if I'm mm-hmm. out in public, it just I'm just very aware of everything. I think everyone's looking and judging at me and all I want to do is like leave and everything is like flashing in my mind of like all the mistakes I could say, I could do, mm-hmm. how I look. And so this just kind of like, you know, it's hard to be anywhere with me these days yeah. because I'm stuck in my head and I can't get away from myself. So Girl, this bridge is you. You know, <laughs> right. Ugh. Yeah. It's trying. not fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then she goes into this chorus and the outro. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. Maybe I don't quite know what to say. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying at least I'm yeah. trying. At least we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really just like, I really like this. I, I like the sound. I like the effect of it all. I also like that she does bury this. Maybe I don't quite know what to say here where it does feel sort of like anxious. Mm-hmm. She's like, is this even the right song to sing? Is this the right message to give? Is this the right, am I saying the right thing even now? Mm-hmm. But like, wait, hold on. At least I'm trying. Yeah. So I like mm-hmm. that. And I think it does sort of fit into this chapter, whether or not it's autobiographical, but these songs she's been writing and kind of giving us where they are more less focused on like romance and love and more about like that anxiety and that insecurity, like with the Archer or even more notably with Afterglow from Lover, um, Mm -hmm. which is another favorite of mine. And so it does feel just like, Like, yeah, I get the point of like, okay, how seriously can we take Taylor Allison Swift when she says her life is hard? But I do appreciate that there is this like new muscle she's flexing where she's trying (laughs) to to explore like this different kind of anxiety and this different sort of rawness that's not just wrapped up in romance. And if anything, it's such a blessing because I know a friend who's going through like a separation right now. And even if this is how Taylor feels, you know, we can be like, Taylor, your life is perfect. The fact that she is putting it into words, into music, on an album for 
the millions of her fans who are currently trying. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like their therapy. It's helping them get by. Like whether or not her life is hard and we don't think it is, this is still helping so many people and just like helping people just process their life. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... I'm a big fan. Love it. Revisit it often. <laughs> this is this is one of one of the ones that like really stuck out to you at the beginning. I remember you being like, "I'm really, I'm really feeling this is me trying." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Good just choice. like an easy. It's an easy one to listen to. It's just like really. I don't know oh. if it's calming. It's like emotional, but it's also like I don't know. I just it's, like it. <laughs> it's not calming. It's more assuring. Okay, we're here. Yeah, we're trying. At least we're trying. At least we're still here. Um, and it, 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 I don't know. It could. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like going back into some some hearts that happened at the beginning of Corona. Then I'm I'm like I'm not gonna (laughs) spill it here, but it's just reminding me that like at least we're all here. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to get through, like, do your best. Like, kudos to everyone who's just trying to to be here. Um, so I, you know, it was so interesting because we're like, we don't have a lot to talk about, but this song, which it's all, it's three minutes long, but it has so much mm-hmm. to pack in and we just could have gone on and on and on and on. So mm-hmm. I want to go on to a lighter note, if you will. Yes. Uh, we don't have much tea, you know, not a lot of like yeah, fan drama. Yeah. That's a dry season, which I, I enjoy, you know, for our, our mental health, yes. but we have <laughs> ask people to email us their theories let us know what they think and when I get a short and concise theory I love it because I have like ADD and I can't process like a long email but (laughs) this person sent me an email with bullet points with their points and I was like I love it this is an (laughs) Ashley email so let me bring you back to William Bowery shall we yes Okay, so this is from Tanya. Tanya's it, the the uh, what really caught my eye was the subject line was cracked it. And I was like, cracked what? Like <laughs> just puts you right there. So she said, "Hi, enjoying the folklore review. Here's my current thought, and I'm interested, uh, Shelby, on to see if you accept this because I don't think it's too far out. I don't think mm-hmm. it's like you know, like like I had said, Selena Gomez. Um, <laughs> but she this is her current thought, William Bowery." Bowery equals Billy Joe. Joel, sorry, Billy Joel. And this is the reasoning why. Taking into account that she said she worked with musical heroes, Aaron right. Dessner said it's a singer-songwriter. Exile and Betty have elements like harmonica, piano, teen romance, Italian restaurant. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's a song that he's saying that <laughs> sound like him. And he'd probably want a pseudonym, doesn't write music officially anymore. His name is William, Billy, William, Mm -hmm. and his New York concerts are titled Bowery Presents dot, 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 Billy Joel. And she said, Mm. how are my detective skills? What are your thoughts on that? Like, could you be like, oh, yeah, or do you think that's far, far off? I mean, I guess I don't have an opinion just because I'm frankly not that familiar with Billy Joel's music. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess I could see it. My one thing would be the thing I keep coming back to with all of these is like, okay, but why the secrecy? So mm-hmm. I guess if he's made a point of like not writing much lately, then I can see it. But also, do they know each other in any way? Or would it I just mean, be that much of a secret? Oh, who that much a secret? But I'm going to take this chance, y'all, to, to Google Billy Joel 
<laughs> Taylor Swift. Let's see if anything comes up. Yeah. Um, nine Taylor Swift, nineteen eighty nine. Billy Joel defends Welcome to New York. Um, he <laughs> Billy Joel respects Taylor Swift. Billy Joel defends okay. Taylor Swift. Look at so, that. I, and I'm not really familiar. I'm familiar with Billy Joel because my parents have like listened to him. Um, but yeah. So. I yeah know. i uh i'm uh, this is yeah the william bowery thing will forever be interesting to me so i'm open to all theories i actually I saw one the other week what? that it was just a male pseudonym when taylor's writing from a male perspective so that it's taylor swift herself but that she's she has the pseudonym when she's writing from the man's perspective too i don't know why like it would just be a game to her, I guess, is the thing to be like, oh, see, look. But someone did point out that she'd already written Exile before she approached Aaron Dessner mm-hmm. about Bonnie Vare and then Betty. So I don't know. I I really hope one day we find out. I, I just need to know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we will, I, you know, because we all found out who Niall Sonberg is. So I don't know. Yeah. But that is the theory of the week, y'all. And please it. feel free to email us at swiftishpodcast at gmail.com and let us know your theories. And if it could be short, sweet, sweet and condensed like Tanya's, <laughs> that'll be better for my perfect. ADD. It'd yeah. be perfect. Because then I can recall it. <laughs> yeah. Send pictures, visualizations, whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also find us on social media. We're at Swiftish Podcast on Instagram and at SwiftishPod13 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do some good things there. And you can also Zoom. leave us a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts if you find our account. Scroll all the way down, leave us five stars, write a note telling people why you love us. Mm-hmm. It just helps more people find us, and uh, and and we like hearing nice things about us. Yeah, so, we you do. Know, who it's like therapy? <laughs> yeah. It's like pouring one out. Yeah. But you guys, until next time, and there will be a next time next <laughs> week. I'm Ashley, and I'm Shelby. And Taylor, you'll be surprised, but this is us trying. <laughs> yeah. hmm.